0: Our reading this morning is from Luke chapter 10, verses 25 to 37, and in the Bible in in the church, it's page 792. One day, an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, What does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength and all your mind. And, love your neighbour as yourself. Right, Jesus told him, do this and you will live. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor?" Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, and when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road, and passed him by a temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there but he also passed by on the other side then a despised Samaritan came along and when he saw the man he felt compassion for him going over to him the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which one of these three would you say was the neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Good morning. I'm sure Andy will wave at me if the mic isn't working. And it is. But it's nice as a warden to be up this end and actually able to look at your faces for a change rather than, uh, rather than just stare at your backs from the back. <laughs> so we're in, um, we're in this series of All Eyes on Jesus. And uh, as George explained last week, it's leading up until Easter. And in the first five weeks, we're looking at what you could say are five of the most privileged people who've ever lived. And they're five characters, all of whom have set eyes on Jesus, something I'm sure we would love to do. And they've come to him, been able to talk to him, asked him questions. And, uh, and also, we'll see in each of them, it's Jesus then looking back into their lives and speaking back at them. And so in each of them, just quickly, last week uh, we had David speaking on the paralyzed man. You have someone who couldn't do anything for themselves, needed their friends to lift them. Today, as we'll see, we've got this expert in the law. Um, Next, after that, we've got a tax collector who's made decision choices in his life that I'm sure he now really regrets. Um, We're left with a sinful woman after that who's made lifestyle choices that she regrets. And then finally, we've got a man who's very rich and very empty. And all of them come to Jesus for different reasons and in each of them i guess there's a piece of us and we'll see what does jesus say to them and how does jesus speak to us through that so let's just pray as we begin father i pray that even in the midst of this amazingly well-known story holy spirit would you would we, would we have the eyes of jesus looking into our hearts and shining into our hearts May we talk to you, Lord Jesus, and may we hear from you during this series and during today. Amen. So out of the five, today we have this expert in the law. Um, I guess, you know, in in British terms, he would be probably a a professor of theology. Well, that doesn't quite capture it, um, because it's, you know, in our nation theology is a bit of a side issue, so you'd probably think, I don't know, in Iran or something like that, that's a very religious country, you'd be a very, very important imam, Um, maybe an ayatollah, that kind of, not quite, but that kind of level, so you've got somebody who's very, very important, and uh, the expert in the law, their job, I was trying to visualize what this is, and um, their job is, okay, thank heaven for children's workers, but their job is to set out barriers so for example you've got the old testament and as if that wasn't kind of clear enough it's like on the sabbath you should rest so the experts of the law they were people who go well what does that exactly mean to rest you know can i not walk to the sink how far can i go so they add all of these laws on to say on a sabbath resting means you can walk that far but no further So, putting on all sorts of laws and regulations on top of the Old Testament to kind of be able to make religion manageable in their heads. You know, you do this on this side, you're okay, and on that side, you're not okay. Now, Andy, can you press the? I only have just one slide this morning, and it was just a um, scripture which came to mind. It's from 1 Corinthians 8. So this is Paul, ex-Pharis, ex-Pharisee himself, and he's saying to the church in Corinth, you know what, if you're not careful, you fill yourself with knowledge, it just puffs you up. But love builds up. Or in the King James, which I love, knowledge puffeth up, which I think we should keep. And, and this, is the, this is the difference with this character this week. So all of the others... Are approaching Jesus all the other four are approaching Jesus because they need help for something and this character is not as far as he's aware and in that sense he needs help more than any of them and just doesn't realize it and there's a bit of him in me and I guess in all of us so the thing with, with puffing up and knowledge is it just makes us proud. I think I've got this all boxed off. I've got God boxed off. I understand him. I stay this side of the barrier. I've got all the ticks in line. I am okay. Jesus, let me test you and just see how well you measure up. Now, what he asks is a great question. In fact, I was reading, a, <clears throat> this isn't to make myself sound posh, George suggested it, Dietrich Bonhoeffer talks about this in, in his book, Costal Discipleship, and one of the things Dietrich Bonhoeffer says, is, he says, this is the one significant question that anyone could possibly ask you know, in life. It's put in a first century context, but he's talking about, what do I need to find real life? And they did a survey in the States, John Hopkins University interviewed 8,000 students, 80% of them said that their first goal was to find meaning and purpose in life. So people don't always talk in these terms. They don't always talk in our terms, in churchy terms. But people are asking these questions. This is what life is about. How do I find real life? And then Jesus, of course, you know, the man comes up with a spotlight, shines it on Jesus and says, so then, Jesus... And then Jesus, as he does all the time, just picks the spotlight up and shines it back. says, so how do you read it? What's your reading? And he comes back with a great answer. You know, just a wonderful answer. Jesus used the same answer himself when he is asked. But he's saying, you know, all of these regulations, all of the details, all of the Old Testament, all of the being weighed down in Leviticus during your Bible in a year, it all comes down to the love of God, a God who's looking to reclaim a family. And it's all about that family loving him and loving their brothers and sisters. It's all about that from beginning to end. Fantastic answer. Just brilliant. And Jesus goes, you're right. That's a fantastic answer. Just wonderful. and, And Jesus, of course, just, you know, he uses these stories in the New Testament. It's like It's like someone who's lost a coin. It's like someone who's lost a sheep. It's like someone who's lost a child and is desperate to find it again. And although in one sense we're looking at this, I sometimes come at this a bit like a judo match. It's somebody trying to throw Jesus and Jesus throws him down. It's not like that at all. Jesus isn't trying to win an argument here. He's seeing in someone's eyes a lost child that he wants back again. And however fierce he is, and there's some fierce discussion with experts of the law during the gospels, He's trying to win children home from the little barriered prison that they've built up for themselves. And Ourselves, we're bits in our own lives where we've built up barriers between other people and us and between ourselves and God and thankfully God's heart is just to look into us and go let me just help you dismantle those and let's get back together again. So the the thing that is surprising, I guess, with this answer, it's that you think, okay, so what's the answer? It's to love God with, as we've just read this morning, you know, with our whole heart, with all of our soul, with all our mind and our strength. It's, you know, it's just to do that. And then to love your neighbor as yourself. And uh, you know, again, we can't look at his face or eyes or anything else, but it's almost like you get the impression, okay, I've got that boxed off. I can do that. That's all right. And all then he says is, just says, but I just need to put a couple more barriers in here. Can you just explain to me, where do I put the barriers on the neighbors then? Okay? Because in our terms, not theirs, but in our terms, I can't love all seven billion, can I? All right? There's got to be some barriers somewhere. How do I make this manageable? And, um, yeah, who is my neighbor? And he's trying to use this kind of scalpel or lining system. And Jesus, of course, wonderfully uh, doesn't reply with a scalpel or a barrier or a line or in get into the detail of the argument he just tells this wonderful story and uh, you kind of think it's you know, probably one of the best known stories around ever you know, even as a bit of crazy amusement I was thinking in the week you know if you you know if you've got problems and you need to get on the phone to somebody yeah you know, we don't find the Philistines do we we find the Samaritans you know, you know, they they didn't just pick a random first-century people group. You know, but it's like it's it's synonymous with I'm desperate and I need help. Yeah, this is this is such a well-known story. Um, and in our in the 20th century, of course, we've lost the sense of how shocking a story this is. Yeah, you know, we have this idea that everyone's about the same. And I was again just thinking barrier-wise you know in kind of Jewish hierarchy Paul himself described himself as you know, as I used to be a Pharisee of the Pharisees I used to be the the most box ticky perfect of the lot you know the Pharisees were the kind of the SAS of the religious religious elite like I was apps we were absolutely the best so you kind of have you know Pharisees up here then kind of experts in the law and then priests and Levites And then, you know, the great unwashed at the back of your general Jew. And then right out in the narthex and beyond, you know, our kind of neighbors and the Samaritans we don't even talk about. And we, you know, we've got no real idea of how shocking this was. And In a sense, what a brilliant story it is because of the way Jesus, of course, is just laying a trap out for this person to trip over. Not to make a fool of himself, but to reveal what's in here and what the barriers are doing to him. So yeah, the story of you know the the, I guess we all know bits of the detail. The Jericho Road, apparently 17 miles in length, uh, Jerusalem to Jericho drops about 3,000 foot. So it's kind of if Jerusalem was on top of Scarfell Pike, it's the walk from there to here. Um, And this character gets you know badly beaten up, and all the people who should accept him, in my barrier terms, don't. And the ones who certainly don't, the great unwashed, are the ones who help. Now, what we'd love—you would love—to have a video on this expert's face as that story's being told, wouldn't you? That's the beauty of story. You're just drawn in, and then suddenly, you know, it all closes at the end. And and in a sense, it's like all of the barriers you've built up—we've just flipped the whole thing around. And as and as uh, Bonhoeffer puts in his book, he says, "It's not about who is my neighbour then and where do I draw the line." Jesus says, "So actually." Who can I be a neighbor to? Who can I show mercy to? That's the question. Now we've got no idea what happened to this man after this. Did he keep all the barriers up and lock himself in? Or did, was that a chink in his armor that Jesus shone through? We have just no idea. Because you think, you know, when, if you're given a sense of all you've got to do to find eternal life is love God with everything you have and everything you are, I guess for most of us we'd go, I just can't do that. I need help. I need grace. I need it. And I and although, you know, in in hindsight we look back, I need a saviour, I need someone to help me. You know, in the sense of the paralyzed man, I need four friends to lift me to Jesus. Yeah, I need lifting to Jesus when I look at this summary of what the Old Testament is about. And but for him, when when Jesus is trying to help these experts in the law who are so boxed in. And it looks quite aggressive. Like I said, there's three things I picked out. He talked about them. He says, he quotes Isaiah. He says, they see, but they don't understand. You can see it, but you don't get it. You know, you've got it. I've given you a brilliant answer. I've told you what the summary of the Old Testament is. There it is in a nutshell, but I don't get it. And yeah, and I know, you know just before I was a Christian, I could see Christianity and I could I could that, but I didn't want it yet. I was like barriers were kind of way back. I could see it, but I didn't get it. And then other times he's more kind of pointed in, in Luke 12. He's going, woe to you, experts in the law, because you put all of these barriers in and you make it so detailed how you've got to find God. And you'd get everyone else to try and follow it the same way. And all you're doing is creating a little piece of hell for yourself that's just gonna close in on you and anyone else who joins you. Saying, woe to you. Again, he's not, he's not saying, he's not trying to judo throw them over to make them look bad. He's trying to just spear them in the heart and just help them out of their prison for themselves. And in another place, he goes, yeah, you're so good, aren't you? Yeah, you cut off even 10% of your herbs to put them into the offering. You do everything precisely right, but you neglect mercy and you neglect love and you neglect justice. You know, just like in this story, you know, just go and do likewise. Be, be merciful even to those you have previously despised. Just, you know, the, the, but this is the love of God to these people who are, again, just so locked up. So there were three things in conclusion that, that, that hit me. Um, I was thinking, you know, in a sense, so what? What does how did this speak to me? And the first one really was this slide. I was thinking, you know, we're not talking about Jesus and a first century, you know, rabbi, expert in the law here. This is Paul talking to the Corinthian church. You know, this is a church issue in that so, so easily we can experts at things get clever get it all boxed in i've got christianity sorted now a bit of christian fool 30 years you know i think i've got it now and and you know stories like the good samaritan or love god with all your heart and mind he's kind of yeah okay i've read that one before and they can lose their ability just to kind of ruin us in terms of you know just being straight truth and like god i so need you Um, And 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 for me, I just think, God, where are my barriers? You think it's crazy, isn't it? There are bits of my life I want to keep God out of, and there are human beings, in a sense, I want to avoid, if I'm being quite honest, or do end up avoiding for different reasons. And you think, yeah, when we get to heaven, do you think, I, I was just saying this to myself, do I think when I get to heaven, there'll be bits of my life I want to keep God out of? You know, do, do I think there'll be people over there that I get, oh, no, I'm not going near them? You know, it's, just, it's, it's bonkers, isn't it? It's just like, I see it, but I don't yet fully understand it. But yes, yeah, so the first thing for me was just a warning of, Tim, you know, keep yourself from getting puffed up with knowledge. And first and foremost, just be someone who just says, when I look at someone, it's not how much knowledge have I got or anything else, it's how can I build you up in Love. And of course, no, you know the, the expert's quite right. I can't do that to seven billion people. You know, I haven't got the time. Um, but actually, of course, we're not called to do that. Um, for those of you who are Fitbit lovers, I was thinking, yeah, you know, we're kind of every day on a on a Jerusalem to Jericho road. All of us, we're just on a single path, and 17 miles a day or whatever. And uh, and people come across our path every day. So all in that sense, all we're called to is show mercy to look to build up those who God brings across our path. It might be a screaming child or a screaming husband, or, you know, it, you know whoever it is, um, screaming neighbor, it, uh, people that we find difficult. But it's only people on the path we've got to kind of look for. Just a few years ago, we went to um, see the Statue of Liberty with my brother, and there was a little ticket booth that we got our tickets from and a little wooden shack and the door was open and on the inside of the door was this great little sign and it was just a reminder for the person in there and it said the person in front of you is the most important person in the world right now <laughs> awesome i just i think i even photographed it on my phone i thought that is so true you know, that was that is so jesus that, and sometimes that's me, and sometimes, you know, what? Actually, I've got another agenda. I need to be somewhere. I'm really sorry, but you know, other things are more important. And uh, yeah, just on my path today, whoever I catch over coffee in the street, yeah, you know, we rarely meet meet people in the street who have been beaten up, or are wounded externally, but we meet wounded people all the da- all day, you know, in here, out there, everywhere, you know, they're everywhere um and you know father just help me to actually look with your eyes at people uh, and let them look into my heart as well and um and the prayer team this morning had a had a word of knowledge just on this which is just you know the people we meet on the track you know here outside monday tuesday wednesday it's you know don't wait be proactive yeah, for our neighbor next door who's maybe a bit lonely. You know, all these things that can crowd in. It's like, almost, don't wait for them to come to us. Let's just be proactive. Let's not wait for the, for the unconscious guy to go, you know what, can I please have some help here? Let's be proactive. Yeah, Father, help us. And then final thing to say was just the brilliant thing that Jesus does here is he doesn't get into this argument about scalpels. He just tells a story. And I think, you know, of all my, I've got great friends, many of whom don't know Jesus. And often we can get into an argument about this and what about this line and all the rest of it. Um, and sometimes, you know, just being Tim, it feels like if you've won an argument and you've tripped someone up and you've thrown them to the floor, you feel awesome. You think, oh, I won that one, that showed them. And of course, it's done nothing of the sort. Yeah, because all it's done is puts up barriers. And I just thought, actually, a different thing is, it's just this power of story, just learning from Jesus. It's not about the detail of the argument. Just, it's like, hey, look, you know what? We're both looking for meaning and purpose in life. Everyone is. I've been following this journey. I've found out some stuff. You've been on your journey. You've found out some stuff. What have you learned? And if you want, I'll tell you what I've learned. It's just, we're just on the same journey. Just let me hear your story and let you, me tell you mine so let's, let's just end there Lord Jesus yeah we are in awe of you thank you for how you showed love to this man thank you for how you shone a light into his heart and we're helping him to step out of his barriers if he chose Yeah, Lord Jesus would you shine a light into our hearts this morning where we've put up barriers between us and God between us and each other Holy Spirit, will you come and shine brightly on them help us to hold on to you and by your grace learn to love God as we should and learn to love each other as we should
0: yeah, thank you Father, Amen